Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. What do we have here? Interesting research on the researchers wanting to do research. News Talk 1110 wbt Pete Callender here, filling in for Vince Coakley uh, for uh, one more day here. I'll be off for the next week. Chad Adams will be filling in for me uh, next week. Uh, but remember, you can get the podcast, listen to all of the episodes you may have missed. If you would like to weigh in on any of the topics, and we're going to be doing a lot of them today, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email, Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Uh, you can also uh, shoot me a message over on Twitter, or ex-Twitter, at Pete Calendar. So a report by an organization called U.S. Right to Know. Uh, they have been uh, hammering away with FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, uh, government agencies. They've been hammering away at uh, you know the scientists who promoted the science and data. And the reason why I say that, by the way, for uh, folks who may not have ever heard me do that, because this is Vince's show, um, I do that because the the incantation was used all during the pandemic to justify all manner of uh, edicts, even when those edicts were rooted in nothing related at all to science or data. So it's an incantation uh, from the Church of the Branch Covidians. Uh, they would just, you know, channel this chant, and uh, that was that was sufficient to explain why they wanted you to do the things they wanted you to do. Their pronouncements carried more uh weight and authority if they said it's the science and data and so i just began doing the chant because it just it felt more appropriate you know it felt uh like if if you are going to have the appeal to the higher authority without ever explaining what it is it does seem a lot like a religious incantation and so that's why i do that okay so uh american researchers concealed their intention to conduct high-risk coronavirus research in Wuhan. Yeah. And one of North Carolina's own mentioned in this report uh, over at uh, U.S. Right to Know by Emily Kopp, headline, American scientists misled the Pentagon on research at the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I am as shocked as anyone. The problem, uh, they knew of the lax security sta- or safety standards, I should say, right? This was a, a bio lab level two, and the scientists, when they were applying for government funding, they knew that this would raise red flags with the GovCo folks, and so they, uh, they de-emphasized, if you will. They de-emphasized the role that the, the WIV was going to play and they emphasized, maybe even overemphasized a little bit, a teensy weensy little bit of overemphasis on their role and where the American research would be conducted. So, 
Oh, oh yeah. Uh, by the way, this was pretty important because it was a year before COVID. Yeah, it was the year before the COVID pandemic broke out. A 2018 grant proposal called Project Diffuse, D-E-F-U-S-E, and it stands for something, but I don't care um, because it's all capitalized. Diffuse is all, it's an acronym of some kind. So Project Diffuse, and it was a grant proposal, and it was co-authored by the WIV, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and some American scientists. And this proposal has now stoked concerns that the pandemic resulted from a lab accident. Which you remember, during the beginning of the pandemic, I don't even think you were allowed to say any of those words on social media without earning yourself some sort of a, a flag, a warning, maybe even a ban. Even though there were scientists, actual scientists around the world who were saying, hey, this thing does not appear to be natural. Hey, uh, this thing appears to be the result of gain of function research. Uh, Hey, uh, this is weird. We're missing sort of the missing link there between how it jumped from uh, the species to us. And we don't really know what species it was. Oh, it was a pangolin. Not a penguin, a pangolin. I had never even heard of such an animal, but apparently they like to eat them in China along with like a whole bunch of other animals. It came from the wet market. That's what we were told, just naturally. And it's just a coincidence that it's like right down the street or next door from uh, from the WIV. And then, and, and then the WIV had a bunch of people that got sick, or a bunch of doctors that got sick. They can't ever find the patient zero. The, you know, it, all of that stuff is just coincidental. So the proposal, this grant proposal, said it was going to engineer high-risk coronaviruses of the same species as SARS and SARS-CoV-2, COV-2. That's it. That's the COVID. That's the COVID virus. It, just coincidental. A year before, they were like, we totally want to do some stuff with this. Most worrying to some scientists, the proposal involved synthesizing spike proteins with furin cleavage sites. That same feature is what supercharged SARS-CoV-2 into the most infectious pandemic pathogen in a century. Indeed, some scientists have likened Diffuse, the proposal, to a blueprint for generating SARS-CoV-2 in the lab. New documents obtained by U.S. Right to Know now show that these experiments were proposed to occur in part in Wuhan with fewer safety precautions than is required in the United States. Apparently, this was done to save on costs. American scientists at the center of the lab leak theory controversy appear to have concealed this from their desired funder, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, a.k.a. DARPA. They went to DARPA to try to get money to fund this project, Project Diffuse, in order to evade any national security concerns about doing high-level biosecurity work in China, they de-emphasized or concealed, you know, the documents call into question the credibility of the scientists' assurances that the pandemic could not have sprung 
out of their collaboration on coronavirus engineering research with the lab in Wuhan. That's just crazy. Why would you think that any of this could have come from that particular lab with the research we were doing? Just the just the idea of it is so crazy. Just ignore the fact that, oh, yeah, we want we, we were pitching to do this exact kind of work in that lab. U.S. Right to Know has now obtained an early draft of the diffuse proposal. So not the final draft, but the early the, the early draft, and it's got notes all over it because they were swapping notes back and forth as they were developing the the pitch for the grant from DARPA. And they've got some comments that are written by, and they got little initials next to them, PD and BRS. PD would be Peter Dejak. And BRS, Barrick, comma, Ralph S. Ralph Barrick. Dejak is the leader of the EcoHealth Alliance, an organization that discovers new viruses. Barrick, he's in charge of the University of North Carolina lab with a focus on coronaviruses. He's the UNC guy. Their names should be familiar. We've been talking about them for three years. Both Dejak and Barrick have worked with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on gain-of-function research, making coronaviruses more deadly or infectious. I'm sure this is all just a coincidence. Uh, Well, we'll go through the rest of this article here, because I'm sure when we get to the end of it, it'll all it'll all make sense and totally not be the thing that we have suspected it was and now seems to be confirmed from the very beginning. We shall see. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out news talk 11 10 3 wbt it's a christmas miracle information coming out about the thing that we all knew but now it's like very obvious u.s right to know has obtained an early draft of project diffuse it's uh it's application to darpa to get government funds Comments made by Peter Dejak and uh, Ralph Barrick, Barrick of UNC Chapel Hill, the coronavirus uh, researcher, and Dejak, who leads EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, Both have worked with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on gain-of-function research, which makes coronaviruses more deadly and infectious. Um, And the reason you do this is because you don't have time, you know, to waste waiting for the viruses to mutate, so you just, like, speed it up. You know, you, you mutated a little bit faster so we can then find out how bad it can get um, and then we can, you know, fix it or, or cure it or kill it or whatever. And then this way we'll be prepared. This is the idea. OK, we'll be prepared to kill the virus unless, of course, it, you know, breaks containment because you're doing the work in a uh, substandard facility, a biolab uh, level two versus a level three, for example, which is 
what the with is. It's a level two, not a level three. Level four is the, the most secure. So the uh, formal grant proposal states that Barrick in Chapel Hill will engineer the coronavirus spike proteins and test their ability to infect human cells. But in a comment on an early draft of the proposal, Dejac clarifies that the with will, in fact, do much of this work. But this is excluded from the formal proposal to make DARPA comfortable. Quote, if we win this contract, I do not propose that all of this work will necessarily be conducted by Ralph, but Barrick, but I do want to stress the U.S. side of this proposal, so he wants to stress the U.S. side of the proposal, so that DARPA are comfortable with our team. Once we get the funds, we can then allocate who does what exact work, and I believe that a lot of these uh, essays can be done in Wuhan as well. So he says he wants to stress the U.S. side of it. What does that mean? Emphasize it, right? He wants to stress it. He wants to, what? Conceal how much work Wuhan might actually be doing. Because if DARPA knew, they'd be like, whoa, no way would we give you money to do this kind of research in a level two bio lab. In another comment, Dejak said that he sought to downplay the non-U.S. focus of the proposal to DARPA by not highlighting the involvement of the Chinese researchers. Conducting coronavirus engineering and testing work in Wuhan entailed greater biosafety risks, and they privately acknowledged this. An early draft of the dif the diffuse uh, proposal acknowledged that the engineering and testing of the new coronaviruses would occur at a biosafety lab level two, but then they edited that to a BSL three. And in a comment on the document, Ralph Barrick acknowledged that U.S. researchers would, quote, freak out if they knew the novel coronavirus engineering and testing work would be done in a BSL-2 lab. Finally, DARPA rejected this proposal. Despite the scientists apparently whitewashing the national security and biosecurity uh, dangers, DARPA refused it. They rejected it. The documents obtained by U.S. Right to Know suggest that the gain-of-function work of concern was not funded before the grant submission in 2018. However, there are still questions about whether the work was actually done without the DARPA funding. Dejac has insisted that the experiments proposed in Project Diffuse were never carried out. He said the DARPA proposal was not funded, therefore the work was not done. It's very simple. But Dejac had the ability to push forward with research without funding when a separate National Institutes of Health grant was halted. So there was a separate grant, it got halted, and it's like, ooh, hey, here's some, here's some extra money. A progress report for the NIH grant for the year ending in May 2018 shows that the Wuhan Institute of Virology and EcoHealth Alliance conducted gain-of-function research on coronaviruses and tested them in mice engineered to express human receptors. Dejac has previously deflected concerns about the diffuse proposal, in part by pointing to language in the final proposal stating that the gain-of-function research would occur 
at the Barrick Lab in North Carolina. But these new documents show that those statements are misleading. Because Barrick, so think about this. You got Dejak saying, look, this p- project diffuse, you know, here's our proposal. Look, we're saying it's going to be done at the, at the bio level or biosafety level three, not the two in Wuhan. We're going to be doing it in UNC. But their original draft said, let's not, let's not do that. We're going to, we're going to conceal this from DARPA. So he cites the DARPA proposal, which was rejected, but he cites that as proof that they weren't doing the work in Wuhan. Yet their original pitch was exactly that. It was exactly that. And they knew that the uh, uh, scientists would, quote, freak out if it was being done at a bio-level 2 lab instead of a 3. Dejak's apparent effort to deceive DARPA fits a pattern of non-disclosure around the diffuse proposal. Right to Know says, despite its potential relevance to the origins of the pandemic, as well as Dejak's role on the World Health Organization mission to uncover the origins. Yeah, he was on that team that went there to totally figure out what happened. Dejak never disclosed this proposal to the public. It only became known to the world because of a leak to the independent online group called Drastic. Don't know what that stands for. Evidence suggests Barrick was accurate in his prediction that researchers would freak out about this gain-of-function research underway at the WIV when the novel coronavirus first appeared in Wuhan, prominent scientists noticed with alarm that the gain-of-function work occurred at an inadequate safety-level lab. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, the email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Pete Callender, uh, where I have a message here. Hang on one second. Do, 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 do. This is from Russ. He says, uh, the with... The Biden family business. Uh, what else? The Twitter files as well. Um, I guess now it would be the X files. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I've been thinking of an analogy to explain these things to people who don't follow the stories as closely. It would be like I entered a bank, produced a gun, demanded all the money, and then walk out with the bags of cash all captured on video, but the bank, the police, and the FBI never acknowledged that a robbery has occurred. That's a pretty good analogy, Russ. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. Um, this is from Tim regarding Dejac et al. Um, and the gain-of-function research. Okay, well, he says, I know you can't read this on the air. <laughs> All right, you should put that in the subject line, not for air. But he says there's... they. He, okay, well, he says they should be punished. Let me just say that. I'll just, I'll, I'll clean it up. They should be punished. <laughs> and you're right. I will not read that on the air. But that's the gist of it. All right. Um, speaking of China, TikTok's content on some political subjects aligns with the Chinese government, according to a new study. I, once again, I am just as shocked as you are. A new report from uh, uh, an organization called the Network Contagion Research Institute, or the NCRI, uh, says that the TikTok platform likely promotes and demotes 
certain topics based on the perceived preferences of the Chinese government. This is a report at NBC News by David Ingram. The group is an independent research organization composed of psychologists, engineers, and analysts at Rutgers University. And they analyzed the volume of posts with politically sensitive hashtags on TikTok versus Instagram. Okay, now, Instagram, I believe, has more users, so there should be more hashtags. And for folks who don't know what the... uh, what the hashtags are, it's the pound sign, it's the number sign. And so you, when you're on social media, you put a little pound sign and then you write a word next to the pound sign and uh, that tag, uh, it, it then links your post to everybody else that's also posting about the same topic. That's why I make the joke, you know, hashtag, you know, not all talk show hosts or hashtag not all people, not all this, because that's a, that's a popular one. Um, Twitter files was another hashtag Twitter files. Uh, and so people want, wanting to comment or see comments about a particular subject, you can do searches on the hashtag. So they did an analysis on hashtags. And by the way, they did this, uh, and this is probably why NBC News is interested in what they have to say, because they did this same sort of research on insurrectionist hashtags leading up to the January 6th riots at the Capitol. So the Institute says they believe TikTok is likely manipulating public debate, not only on China-specific topics, like the 1989 Tiananmen Square protests and massacre, but also on strategically important topics with less direct ties to China, like the wars in Ukraine and Gaza. Because TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. I don't know why, but called ByteDance. But as with all Chinese companies, in a communist country, it's, it, it's communist. It's part of the government. We assess a strong possibility that content on TikTok is either amplified or suppressed based on its alignment with the interests of the Chinese government. Surely the communist government would not be trying to... Of course they would. Of course they would. The researchers compared hashtag performance to the average performance of pop culture hashtags, like hashtag Taylor Swift or hashtag Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, He's a soccer player. And they found that there were about two posts on Instagram with a top pop culture hashtag for every one post on TikTok. So it's a two-to-one Ratio, And they said that makes sense because Instagram has a bigger user base than TikTok. But when you run similar comparisons for political hashtags, something weird happens. For every one TikTok post, for example, on Ukraine, there were eight and a half on Instagram. That is a huge discrepancy and one that... uh, just so happens to align with China's support for Russia. The difference is actually even greater on some other topics, like uh, Hong Kong protests. They're not Chinese are not a fan of that. They're not a fan of the Hong Kong protests, and so uh, it's uh, that that ratio is uh, one TikTok post for every two hundred six Instagram posts. Um, what else here? The uh, oh. 
Uh, also, uh, I stand with Kashmir. Stand with Kashmir? Hashtag. Um, way more numerous on TikTok than on Instagram. On TikTok, you get 661 posts for every one on Instagram. So it's the exact opposite, right? You have this huge amplification of a hashtag that China does like. China does want to uh, want people to stand with Kashmir because it aligns with China's strategic interest in this disputed region between uh, India, Pakistan, sorry, Pakistan and China. A spokesperson for the TikTok said, this is all flawed methodology. You can't reach this. You, you reach this conclusion. You were you were biased. Uh, and uh, that's why the result is what it is. And the hashtags are created by the users, not us. Slight problem with this excuse, though. This was how they analyzed <laughs> themselves. Newstalk 1110-993-WBT. We're, we're not doing the whole songs. We're not playing the whole songs. I've got people that are like, I love that Josh Groban song. We're not, not going to do the whole song. Probably. No, we're not. Because um, then you got to do it for all of the songs. Okay, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, the email is Pete at the PeteCallanerShow.com, also on Twitter at Pete Callaner. All right, so the uh, Network Contagion Research Institute, the NCRI, this is out of Rutgers University. Uh, it's got psychologists, it's got uh, engineers, it's got analysts, and uh, they do all sorts of, uh, well, as the name would indicate, uh, they do research at the Institute uh, of Network Contagion Research. And so they do the research of network contagions, and so they did a comparison of TikTok versus Instagram in order to see, like, when people start posting about a comment or about a topic or an issue and they're using the hashtags, uh, what happens to those hashtags and how many comments do they generate? And what they found was that on topics that China did not like to see trending, there were way fewer posts in the algorithms or in the uh, in the uh, hashtags. Um, and when they see... Uh, topics that China does like, there are tons of comments in those hashtags. The researchers compared the total numbers, and they said, just keep in mind also that there are more users on Instagram than TikTok. And TikTok is like, that's a terrible comparison. You can't do that. Hashtags are created by users, not by TikTok. Um, anybody who knows anything about TikTok... Uh, can see for themselves the content uh, they refer to as widely available. Uh, the claims of suppression are baseless, just lies. And they say you can't compare Instagram to TikTok hashtags because, uh, you know, uh, TikTok is, has different policies. Like they banned, um, they banned, uh, I think, Wuhan flu or something. They did, a, they did a lot of China virus. They banned a lot of those types of terms because uh, they said it inspired uh, anti-Asian violence. That it was it was hate speech, which also, by the way, you know, is convenient for China too, right? I mean, it's a convenient excuse if you wanted to try to you know ban people from making any kinds of connections between China, the the coronavirus, or in, in, in the pandemic. Then it would serve the purpose also of 
you know, banning those hashtags. But they say you can't do these kinds of comparisons. The researchers from the Network Contagion Research Institute said that the pattern of anomalies that they observed is too clear to ignore or to be easily explained by organic factors. Like, that's just a lot of people on Twitter that just happen to be talking about this stuff. Mm -mm. They say their methodology that TikTok says is bunk, um, their methodology replicated the methodology that TikTok used last month in addressing claims that its recommendation algorithm is biased in favor of Palestinians. So they so TikTok was accused of being biased in favor of the Palestinians and amplifying or suppressing certain comments and through their algorithms and they said no way totally not true here look and they did a comparison between them and Instagram and now they're saying that comparison should not be relied on by the researchers at Rutgers because it shows these anomalies TikTok acknowledged that it also used hashtags in its November 13th blog post to measure content on its platform versus Instagram. But a spokesperson for TikTok said that suggesting that this report employed TikTok's methodology is false. And we have repeatedly made clear that comparing hashtags is an inaccurate reflection of on-platform activity. Now look, maybe, maybe... They are correct. And maybe everybody knows that if you want to talk about Kashmir, not the Led Zeppelin tune, but the region that China you know, wants people to stand with, Kashmir, um, maybe everyone knows that you do that kind of stuff on TikTok, right? But if you want to talk about Tiananmen Square, well, you go over to the Gram for that. You go to Instagram to talk about Tiananmen Square, obviously. Or Hong Kong, right? You want to stand with Hong Kong, you go over to uh, Instagram. You don't do that on TikTok. Maybe everybody does know that. I did not know that. Of course, I'm not really, I mean, well, I, I'm not on TikTok because, you know, they're, it's owned by commies. Um, but also, uh, I don't dance on video, so I didn't really see the need. For, yeah. Um, and I am on Instagram, but I've never posted. I just did it so I can keep the name. Somebody taking my name. Artificial intelligence models according to the Washington Examiner, can now replicate independently new AI systems themselves. So they have created AI models that can make their own AI models. <laughs> what could go wrong with that? <laughs> That's just... It's called uh, Project Gain of Function, I think. A scientific collaboration between AI Zip and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, along with several University of California campi, has made a breakthrough in using larger AI models that can create smaller AI models. One of the project's researchers, Yubi Chan, or Yubei, Yubi, Yubi Chan, said that the smaller AI models can identify human voices, it can monitor pipelines, which are not at all vital, uh, you know, uh, oh, it can also track wild animals in compact spaces. Wild animals in compact spaces. Well, can't a camera do that? I mean, it, how compact are we talking? Like a shed? You got a wild animal in a shed? Do you really need AI to track that for you? It. I mean, maybe a compact space is relative. Maybe it's like on like two acres or something. 
Uh, this month, we just demonstrated the first proof of concept such that one type of model can be automatically designed all the way from data generation to the model deployment and testing without any human intervention. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Chen said, if we think about chat GPT and tiny machine learning, they are on the two extremes of the spectrum intelligence. The large models, they reside in the cloud. On the other hand, we are building the smallest models and they reside in things. Yeah, I'm I'm still not liking this, people. I'm still not liking this. This is all making me very, very uncomfortable.